Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Young and Adulting. We are in season four of the podcast, and last season was all about asking this question, how? This season, we're changing it up. The question is, why? Uh, Our hope is that this season of the podcast would give you confidence in your daily walk with Jesus. Knowing what God's word has to say and why he says it, we believe that knowing and understanding the why behind some of life's biggest questions can help us get through almost any how that life throws our way. Yeah, that's right. We're live from Christ Fellowship Conference. We're so grateful to have Pastor Lance back with us. And I say back because you were here in season one uh, on an episode that was called Yes, But How. If you have not gotten a chance to listen to it, go and check it out. Pastor Lance, you've been doing ministry for over 40 years, and that's incredible, leading at churches all over the country. And recently, the past 15 years, you've been leading a ministry called Replenish uh, and helping people live and lead from a healthy soul. That's amazing. And not only that, but you're an author and an elder of the house here at Christ Fellowship. We're just honored to have you here. Well, thank you so much. I love being with you guys and excited to spend a few minutes talking about some important things. Today's conversation is centered around why are we so burnt out? And the truth is that's super prevalent in culture right now. People are getting burnt out left and right. And we want to know what does God's word say about it so that we can avoid it and ultimately never, never encounter it. Right. Pastor, I have read the books. I have listened to your podcast. Uh, You have been passionate about this subject for a long time. So I want to ask, why is this something that you're still passionate about? And it looks like you're not slowing down anytime soon. (laughs) Well, I think the, the most obvious reason I care so much about this is because it really flows out of my own story. I think my journey in ministry, especially as a young leader, uh, is not unlike a lot of people. I was very ambitious, driven, type A. I wanted to accomplish a lot. I wanted God to use my life to impact the world. And so, like, I was all in and, you know, almost kind of carried this badge of honor, like I'm burning out for Jesus' sake, you oh. know, uh, which isn't actually end up in a very good place. And right. so, Um, I worked really hard. I, you know, was striving a lot. And then when I was at Saddleback Church, I was there when Rick Warren wrote the book Purpose Driven Mm -hmm. Life. It was a game changer for him, for our entire church. And I often tell people that that season of my life was both the most intoxicating and toxic all at the same time. Because it was an exhilarating ride of ministry influence, but it was also exhausting on a personal level. And I wasn't leading myself well, and I didn't know how to do that well in those days, and so I really hit a wall, and it's been when I left there in late 2006, really began my journey to try to discover, like, what would it look like to live from a healthy soul and then do ministry out of the overflow of that? And so I feel like for the last 17 years, I've been working to bring my own soul back to life and learn how to live from that sort of healthy place of ministry. So a lot of it flows out of my own life. But I would say, secondly, life and ministry has probably never been more complex than it is right now. Mm. 
And you can see it as I talk with pastors and their teams around the country. There's a lot of stress, a lot of people who are kind of just throwing up their hands and going, man, I don't know if I can take this anymore and, and I'm out. And so for me, it's really about calling people to go, gosh, there's got to be a better way of living. And I, I love the words of Solomon in Proverbs 14, where he says, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. And mm -hmm. so it's good for us as leaders to step back and go, okay, if I stay on the path I'm on, where do I end up? And okay. does it end up at burnout or does it end up in a flourishing, thriving life that I think God has a better way if we'll just embrace it? Yeah. Yeah, and we've heard it said, you know, there's a good work-life balance, but recently we heard that you don't really like the word balance. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, I would say I actually feel stronger than that. Like, I, <laughs> oh. I really despise the idea of balance because in my mind, when I think about balance, what I picture is that I have all these different plates of life domains in my life, right? My health, my marriage, my finances, recreation, exercise, all these things, and balance to me gives me this elusive picture of all of the plates in my life spinning in perfect harmony mm. with one another. And I just don't think that's realistic. Right. I, I don't know that I've ever had a moment of balance where everything in my life was just spinning smoothly and perfectly and just nothing was wrong. Like that just feels like a, a bad illusion for people to chase because it doesn't feel realistic. Yeah. And so I've chosen to embrace the word rhythm because rhythm, Good. I think, says I get to choose the kind of rhythm I'm going to have for my life. And sometimes life is going to throw me unexpected curveballs and life's going to get complicated and chaotic at times. But I am choosing a way of life that has rhythm to it, that is a God-ordained rhythm. And so because of that, I've kind of shy away from the idea of balance and encourage people to pursue rhythm. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think about rhythm, but sometimes, uh, at least in my life, I can try to get a rhythm going, but the beat just starts going very, very fast. So what, is, what does rest look like within rhythm? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think the, the word rest really is kind of a critical um, component you know, to, to really embracing uh, this idea of rhythm because I think if you go all the way back into Scripture that God established this God-ordained rhythm right from the very beginning of time when in Genesis He created the world and then the Bible says that on the seventh day He rested, right? right. And He... Right. Not because he was tired, not because he was exhausted, but because he knew that we were going to be created in his image. The Bible says that God was modeling something for us, and that is that in everything that God created, he never created anything to give out all of the time. Mm -hmm. And he made us so that we would actually have this rhythm of working really hard, and it's okay, I think, to go fast and to get stuff done, but then we have to learn how to unplug hard. Yeah. And, wow. and I think it's that ba balance. I almost said the word balance. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh. Shame oh, yeah. on me. But it's that, that uh, decision to live a life that says, I'm going to value rest. I'm going to value pause and break and taking time uh, in my life so that I'm not always in a frantic hurry, which obviously leads to burnout. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I, I want you to share, if you would, about your five steps to yeah. making rest happen. This is so good, y'all. If you are driving, 
pull over, take out your notepad, <laughs> and get some notes down. These five steps, Pastor. Well, it's all anchored in a biblical practice that the Lord gave us all the way back in the beginning, which is the practice of Sabbath. And it, you know, makes it into the Ten Commandments. It's the longest of the Ten Commandments. It's the one that has the most explanation with it. Yes. And um, it's the first thing in the Bible ever called holy. So think about that for a moment. Wow. It wasn't a person or a place, wow. but it was this period of time that God blessed it. He infused it with blessing, and he calls it holy. And that was this concept of rest. Mm -hmm. And so God said, every seven days, I want you to have a day that is not about producing. It's not about achieving. It's not about being productive. It's not about getting stuff done. It is actually... God saying, I give you permission to stop. And by the way, that's what the word Sabbath means. It's not a particularly deep theological <laughs> word. The word Shabbat just means to stop or to cease or to quit. And God said, every seven days, you need a day to just quit, to stop, to let it be about rest and delight and being with me. And you know, for a lot of years, I thought the idea of Sabbath was really just God's idea to make sure I didn't burn out, to keep me refreshed and replenished and, you know, make me rested so I could go back and conquer the world the next week. But I think I've come to understand that it's actually deeper than that. Like part of the reason that God gave us this idea of Sabbath was so that we would have a day that would not be hurried and frantic and chaotic. And it would be a day that we could actually have quality time with the people we love the most and also with Him. Yeah. And I think about my marriage, like my wife and I check in when I'm on the road like I am now. We text, we'll, you know, maybe do a FaceTime call or we'll touch base by phone a couple of times. But that's not the same as quality time. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, I, right. and I think God gave us Sabbath in part just to slow our spirits down so that we would just have a, a, a structure, if you will, a plan to actually slow down and be with him and be with others that we love. So there's this template I use. It's five kind of parts, I think, that anybody, no matter what your season of life, no matter yeah. how busy you are, single or married, kids or no kids, these five words could help you think about how you might practice Sabbath. So let me walk through them real quickly. So the number one is the word prepare. Mm -hmm. And the idea of prepare is it takes some work to get ready to not work. So part of that is carving out time on your calendar. So one of the biggest game changers for me many years ago now was to begin to put Sabbath on my calendar every single week. I have a day. Now, because I travel, it's not always the same day, but it's that rhythm of one and seven that shows up on my calendar, and it's a day that is dedicated to Sabbath. The other thing is I don't call it day off. I call it Sabbath because I okay. think they're different because I think days off for most of us it's just work of a different kind. It's like we're just right. getting caught up on all the chores right. and all the stuff. And sometimes we're more exhausted after our day off than we are during our work day. And so I think it's helpful to actually call it Sabbath. Make sure you get it on your calendar. And then if you say you said, okay, Saturday's my Sabbath. Yeah. What do you need to do during the week to make sure that Saturday is a day mm. dedicated to rest and to life-giving activities, okay? So prepare. Secondly is the word stop. And I think it's really asking yourself the question, what would it look like for me to stop for 24 hours? Stop wow. from work, stop maybe from my technology, yeah. stop from 
thri- uh, 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 striving and, and trying to you know, just get a lot of stuff done, what would it look like to stop for 24 hours? And again, that's just what the word Sabbath means. The third word is the word rest. And um, you know, the Lord said that this was to be a day of rest. It's a Hebrew word, manuha. And the Hebrew word doesn't just mean like physical rest, but actually being at rest. And I think in our stressed out, you know, overly complicated world, what people really need, what they really want deep down in their souls is to be at rest. I mean, doesn't that sound life-giving and rich to have a day that's dedicated to just being at rest and having peace in my soul, experience shalom inside of me, and to push away all the demands and pressures of the world and not have to feel like I have to carry it. So one of the uh, pictures I sometimes show when I teach on this is if you go to Manhattan, you'll see the statue of Atlas, and on Atlas's shoulders, you know, he's carrying the world, mm-hmm. and he's got the entire planet on his shoulders, and you can see the weight that he's carrying. Yeah. And that's sometimes how I feel in my week. But then if you go across the street into St. Patrick's Cathedral and walk up to the front over on the left-hand side, is a smaller statue of, looks like eight-year-old Jesus, and he's got the whole world in his hand. Wow. wow. And I think Sabbath is recalibrating my perspective to go, I, love that I don't have to carry the whole right. world. Right. Yeah. Like, God's got this, and it's okay if I take off 24 hours. I'm not as indispensable True. as I think I am, and I can actually rest. Now, I want to say one disclaimer here. I don't think rest means that you're only passive because I know some people going, oh my gosh, spending 24 hours sitting in my recliner, that just sounds awful. So I don't think it's about being passive, but I do think it's about doing things that refill you and bring rest to your spirit and your soul, Mm. okay? All right, two other quick words. Sorry, I'm taking a while. The fourth word is the word delight. Isaiah 58 talks about delighting in the Sabbath. And one of the questions I often ask leaders when I'm doing this with them is, what brings delight into you? What is life-giving to you? What are the things that you need to put into your bucket that will fill you up? Because I think for leaders, they all have these hoses that are stuck to their, their bucket that are draining the life out of them. And that happens to us all week long. So I think Sabbath is a perfect day to go, what is it for me that puts life in my tank? Right. Maybe it's just reading a good book or taking a walk or, um, you know, just sitting outside in nature or creation. And so I think it's really just deciding, like, what is it that brings delight in me? And, and I think a lot of that has to do with your unique wiring. And then the last word I would give you in the template is the word worship. Sabbath ought to be a day of worship mm-hmm. because the Bible says that Sabbath, the Lord said, it is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so it's about spending more quality time with him, maybe more time in prayer, unhurried time in his word, listening to worship music, and just being with God uh, and enjoying his presence. And I just think if we could somehow have a day like that every week, yeah. that we would just be better people. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the Jews have this little practice called Havdalah where they light a candle at the beginning of Sabbath, and then at the end of the 24 hours, they put out the candle in a, with a, in a saucer and they pour some wine and put out the candle in the wine. The symbolism is that if you will do Sabbath well, you will be a better person the other six days of the week uh, 
you know, because you practice Sabbath. And it will, Sabbath will spill out mm. into the other days oh, wow. of the week. Yeah. And so I think it's a beautiful symbolism of sometimes we think, well, we can't afford to take a Sabbath. And I would say to you, you can't afford not to. Yeah. That's right. Like, it's, it's that valuable. That's great. It's practical. We don't work for rest. We work from rest. Yes. I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, I have a question for you. Our young adults, of course, we love Google. We will Google anything and everything. And I have a question for you. If you were to answer, why am I so burnt out? You were the answer to our Google question. What would you say? I don't think you would like my answer, actually. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I would say, first off, you're burnt out because you're not leading yourself well. Mm. You're not clear about what really matters to you. And you're not aligning your life around what you say is most important. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I feel like sometimes when people today talk about burnout, it's always from a victim mentality. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, right? It's all the other stuff and all the other people in my world that are causing me to burn out. And I think for every person, there has to come a moment when you go, I am responsible for myself, for my own life. I, God has, get, first or second Peter 1 says, everything I need for life and godliness, God has already given yeah. me. Now, that's an amazing statement. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a victim, right? So if I'm burnt out, I, I'm, and again, not to say that there aren't external circumstances that are challenging. There certainly are. But I get to decide. I get to decide what kind of life I'm going to live. I get to decide, you know, what I'm going to say yes to and no to. And some of, I know somebody's going to listen and go, whoa, whoa. You don't understand where I sit in, in the church or in my business. I don't get to make decisions. Mm. Right. Yeah. And, and for some of us, it might actually be that we get to decide whether or not we're going to stay in that particular job or not, right? If, it's, if it's not healthy for us. And, right. and we all get that life is hard, but there's a line that I think we have to discern, and that is the difference between good hard and destructive hard. That's great. Wow. And, yeah. and when I choose a way of life that is soul-crushing and destructive hard, I end up in burnout. Right. So, I, and again, I don't mean to minimize how hard this can be, but what I, I think is important is like put a stake in the ground, get really clear about what are your values, and then order your life around that. So I use this little equation that's really served me well through the years, and it goes like this. Clarity plus courage plus calendar equals a great life. So you get, get really clear around what your values are, what matters to you, and I mean really like, articulate them, write them down, mm -hmm. then you have to actually have the guts and the courage to move toward those. Mm -hmm. And that's going to mean being countercultural at times. It's going to mean swimming upstream in culture against the flow. And it's going to take some courage. And by the way, not everybody is going to applaud you when you get really clear about the kind of life that you want to mm -hmm. have. And then the third thing is it always meets in terms of how you spend your time, right? Right. Your calendar is not just a tool to help you manage your time. It's a, it's a document that reveals your values. Wow. And your calendar is where your values and your time converge. Right. And so at the end of the day, if I'm not ordering my life and how I spend my time and what ends up on my calendar around what I really value, I set myself up for burnout. And so I think we, you know, again, not to be unkind, but I would go, you got to get clear. Yeah. You got to sit down and reflect and go, who am I? 
What is God's purpose and calling on my life? How am I now going to align my life around those? Because if I'm walking in God's purpose, then I think I'm not struggling with burnout. doesn't mean that life won't be challenging, but wow, I, I don't so have good. to live yeah. in, in that place of burnout. Yeah, if you're walking with God's purpose, you're not worried about yeah. that. That is that's brilliant. I want to ask another question. Sure. Um, I, I talk to people, and they are, like you said, the, the victim mentality when mm-hmm. it comes to burnout. And they almost put up burnout as an excuse to not work hard. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to burn out, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a day off. And instead of a day off, it turns into two days off or three days off. What's, what's one word from a healthy perspective on rest that you would give us to encourage us? We're going to rest hard. We're going to unplug hard, but we also got to work hard. Yeah, I mean, I think all you have to do is go back to Exodus 20 when God gave the Ten Commandments, and he said, six days you shall work. Right. So God put so high value on being productive. And I always say about soul care, like, it's not an end in itself. Yeah. I want to take care of my soul so that I can be filled up with Jesus and the Spirit so that I can actually be on mission and be on assignment. So the two are not mutually exclusive. Like, they should work in synergy together. And I think some of the problem, honestly, is that a lot of people, they don't work really hard, and then they don't really unplug very hard. Mm, They kind of work a little while they're unplugged, and they kind of unplug a little while they're working. I go, no. Your work hours, get after it. Like, work hard. In fact, I don't think you can really appreciate Sabbath unless you really do work wow. hard. That's so good. Unless you empty yourself, why, do you, why would you need to be refilled? Right. That's a word. And that is something that we all need to live with. Uh, I want to ask this question. On an ideal Sabbath, how does Pastor Lance Witt yes, unplug that hard? That was also my question. Oh. Good question. I want to know. Again, a lot of this is unique to me. So in my house, I'm always the first one up. Like I, I love the early mornings. And so the first thing I do is go turn on the coffee because you can't have a good spiritual day without <laughs> caffeine. Amen. And then secondly, I go and take a candle and I put it on our island. I light the candle. And that candle is the reminder that this day is different. And then I just have unhurried time in the word. I'll turn on some worship music. I'll read a book. But, I, but I'm not on a schedule. Like I, I, It's just relaxed time. In fact, what will mess up my Sabbath is if my wife gets up too early. Uh, because then, I, you know, it it's totally messes with my day when she gets up and messes up that quiet time in the morning. Oh. So I say, babe, you got to go back, go to bed for another hour. Um, but then usually it's a day just for like, I love being outdoors. I like creation. I like riding my bike, doing a hike, um, working in my yard sometimes. that For me, that's very restful and refreshing. Um, and then we often will do like a dinner with our kids and grandkids, but we try to make it where it's not work. Like, mm-hmm. so we'll just bring something in or keep it super simple. Oh, so it's great. a day a lot about relationships. And then, and I don't always do this well, but one of the biggest things for me is can I actually really unplug from all my technology and devices like stay unplugged from all the stuff of the world that just begins to be clutter in my world Mm. well bouncing off of that we know we have work and we have responsibilities in our house and cleaning and all those things what are those not so obvious things that young adults can walk through that you think are burning them out Mm. 
Well, I again, I think so, social media would be one, just mm. constantly staying plugged into you know all the stuff that is in your relational world. Um, what else? I, well, I, I'd I, say laundry. Oh <laughs> my goodness, I need a rest from laundry. <laughs> yeah, and again, I would say this is where like. Finding a way to get some of that stuff done so that when you are, you know, kind of trying to practice Sabbath or have a day of rest, that that's not cluttering your world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. No, that's I, great. I feel like planning ahead, what yes. you do with the other six days is just as valuable as how you rest. Yes. And so I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. And, and Pastor, you said it, the Netflix is not always rest. True. So watching TV, that's that's something that's yeah. going to deteriorate yeah. and not bring some rest into my life. Uh, Pastor, you are a voice that all of us need to follow and all of us need to, to lock in with. So how can we best stay in contact with you? Where are you on social media? Tell us about your books. Well, you probably won't be surprised to hear this. I'm not on social media. Whoa! What? Yeah, I, I just—it's just been one of those decisions I've made that mm. it's not uh, something that I find life-giving or that I think adds value. I just feel like for me, it has just been more distracting than anything, and so. Um, I spend my time doing other things, but the best place, if you want to kind of find out what I am about, you just go to my website. It's replenish.net. It's very simple. Um, and then the three books I've written, the first one called Replenish, that was really written to ministry leaders about how to live and lead from a healthy soul. The second book called High Impact Teams, it's, uh, the, the tagline is where healthy meets high performance. And then the third book, which came out oh, a little over a year ago now, is called Your One Life own it, live it, mm. love it. And so those are give you some uh, content of the things that I really care about. Please go buy those books right now. Yep. Uh, are they audible? Do, do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I love audible books. And so you need to go do that. You need to read them. Mm -hmm. Replenish.net. Pastor, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you guys so much. It's an honor to be here with you guys and all the young adults. Yes. Thank you guys for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already and catch us next time on Young and Adulting. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we wanna hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.